It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait, can't, 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 can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome in to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch, and I am joined in the co-host chair by a familiar voice. I think to most of you that probably listen to the show, but normally he's behind the glass. Now he's on the other side of the glass. He is Brian Brown. Brian, how are you, my friend? I'm great. I can't believe they let the bear out of the cage <laughs> on this side of the studio. Well, we're gonna have some fun today. Yeah, absolutely. And you and I have talked about this since I, you know, came on board here. Yeah. I, I've wanted to do this with you for a long, long time, so I'm excited. It'll be fun show, busy show, and of mm-hmm. course, we have the man, the myth, the legend behind the glass today, helping us out. Yep, Eric Jensen behind the glass. Eric, how are you, sir? You know, I'm doing good. Okay, well, that's good. All right. Um, so it is Saturday afternoon. Weather outside. Interesting, a lot of cloud cover. It was really warm yesterday. I don't know if you guys were outside. It was great. It was <laughs> hot yesterday. I walked out, so I walked out and I walked. I had my pet, nice Patagonia on. Okay. I walked about two blocks and I was drenched in sweat. And I yeah. was like, "Oh my god, it's sixty degrees outside." Yeah, it was. It was plenty warm outside yesterday, but it's apparently supposed to have some weather coming in tonight and tomorrow. But otherwise, life is good. Life good for you, Brian. Weather outside is weather. Can't okay. complain about it, hey, right? There you go. It's not going to do any good. It's true. Uh, we've got the Utah Western Hunting and Conservation Expo going across, across the street over there at the Salt Palace Convention Center. Traffic is buzzing around here. A lot of a lot of people milling around. So if you're out and about on this Saturday afternoon, thanks again for joining us. We are live from 1 to 4 p.m. to talk all things sports with you guys. We've got plenty to talk to today. Kind of a rundown of who's going to join us on the show today. Tony Parks, one of our regulars here on The Zone. He hosts the uh, Tony and Austin show Monday through Friday. He's actually in Chicago for NBA All-Star Weekend. He will join us live from Chicago at the top of the 2 o'clock hour to talk about that. We're going to be joined by Andrew Mitchell, the head coach of Snow College Football, the football program down there in Ephraim. Get his thoughts on really running an independent JUCO program. It's a really interesting situation that he finds himself in as a head coach down there. And we'll also talk some Utah football with former Utah offensive lineman Paul Tawala. And I can't take credit for any of these guests because I did not schedule them. Brian, bring in the heat when that, it comes to that's why. That's why you have a rookie on. They have to prove their medal. <laughs> like, I'm out here with a pink backpack. I'm bringing donuts every day. That, hey. That's what I do. Okay. So... Yeah, so we're going to have some fun today. Uh, of course, we'll talk Utah Jazz with NBA All-Star Weekend. Two guys, both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, out there in Chicago for NBA All-Star Weekend this weekend. They're playing in the game tomorrow. Unfortunate that we don't have any other Jazz players participating in NBA All-Star Saturday night, but we can talk a little bit about the dunk contest, the three-point contest, and all that stuff as well on today's show. So we'll have a lot of fun, so thanks again for joining us. It's a ton of fun to talk uh, sports each and every Saturday, and that's I have so the funny thing about this. Let's let's pull back the curtain a little bit here. A lot of people have asked me, why do you work six days a week? Why do you do the Saturday show? I enjoy doing it. It is a ton of fun to come up and talk sports. I'm behind the glass most of the time with DJ and PK running the board for them and everything, and 
I get to pop in every so often with my thoughts, but it's fun to actually be on this side of it and be the the guy, I guess we should call it. Yeah, and, and the three of us have all done podcasting already on one way, shape, or form as well, and it, it gets to be addictive, and you just enjoy being behind the microphone and getting get a chance to weigh in on some of the things that are happening, especially locally. I think we have such a unique and diverse sports scene here, and, and you and I especially, I think, have this kind of, I don't know, like – shared mutual respect for some of the under the radar stuff like we've got the xfl game on right now Mm -hmm. you know we were just talking about rugby i'm watching the lacrosse game up at utah right now on the live stream who is utah playing today they're playing air force Force, so air force is the 17th ranked team in the country and they're tied at halftime utah is up five to one early okay um which if they can get this that's a big big win for that program second year of existence just barely becoming d1 you know, and so that's that's the payoff of what we have to do during the week is yep. we get to sit here and talk and have fun and, and share, you know, our opinion on things. And, and hopefully, you, you know, today will be a day where we can bring some more insight and, and kind of pull back the curtain a little bit more, you know, on, on a program like Snow College where yep. they've gone through such a strange transition and, and, and there will be more of that evolving as, as football kind of takes its hits. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Rising Stars Challenge at all last night. A little bit. That was yeah. insane. You know, like, it's not exactly one of those things where I'm I'm going to devote two hours to it, but I caught the highlights, and that was apparently enough because Zion Williamson decided to make his mark on that game. Yeah, there was some fun going on in that, and those are always those games. I, actually, the Rising Stars Challenge for me, I get that it's the mini All Star game because these are the rookies and sophomores in the NBA. Speaking of like the first or second year players, and they're um, they're trying to make their mark in the league. And they're playing a little harder than most of the time you see in the actual All-Star. They haven't figured out yet that they're supposed to la- you know, take it lackadaisical and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that is true. That so. is absolutely the truth. So Are you an All-Star guy? Do you like it at all? Okay, so we had this discussion on with on DJ and PK yesterday. PK has the same thought process I have on it. Because there are two Utah Jazz players in it, it I will watch it, the majority of it. Right. La- previous years when there's no local connection to it, I'll catch the highlights later, and that's about it. Exactly. So, I don't know where you stand on it. No, I, okay. it, it's it's, it's useless to me. Okay. I think Pro Bowl, especially where it's basically turned into two hand touch out there with pads. Yeah. What are we even doing with this? I thought that the dodgeball hey, game. You put some respect on the Pro <laughs> no, Bowl's name. There is no respect no. on the Pro Bowl. I thought the dodgeball game. I know you're an NFL guy, but there is nothing. <laughs> three days before was know, more entertaining than the Pro Bowl. That's the thing. It, so my thought on these all-star contests, is what we should call them, is more of the periphery events. I'm talking, yeah, the dodgeball contest they had at the mm-hmm. Pro Bowl for the NFL. I like the dunk contest to this day. I sure. still enjoy it. Yeah. I like the three-point shootout. I actually like how they've innovated with the three-point shootout this year, and they're adding the four-point shots that they're adding to it this year. They're innovating a little bit, and I can handle that stuff. The games themselves, though, Man, are they a bore at points? Yeah, the game is is is. I mean, it's a good thing that they had the game on Saturday or Sunday yeah. because you've already gone through the good stuff at that point. And yeah. so, if you want to tune out and go check out a movie or something like that, you can. But they've made some rule changes, you know, and and, and changed some things with the clock and whatnot. But I just I don't know that that's going to change what you see on the court, which is guys just basically taking it easy and throwing alley oops. Now, on a serious note, okay, I think that the NBA's All Star Game works the best simply because of that because some of the most exciting plays in basketball are like these highlight reel dunks and ollie oops and i think that's why the nba all-star game works it's more watchable than in theory yeah yeah Yeah, in theory it is and the others don't because i I still think they're going hard on offense like when when they're playing offense i would argue that there are 
playing at at least 70%. They're, they're jumping. They're going I'll give them credit for jumping, yeah. Okay, so let's actually let's make this our jumping off point to start off today's show with this. Because I'm the type of guy, so tomorrow, Rudy Gobert's playing in the NBA All-Star game. And right. there are a bunch of people saying, why in the world is Rudy Gobert in an All-Star game? Here's the thing: if we're gonna, if they're gonna steer into uh, what the All Star Game is, Rudy Gobert should steer right into it too. We see him shooting three pointers. If you go over to shoot around ever, Rudy after practice is out there shooting outside jump shots, and he's out to the three point line at points shooting those shots. Well, guess what, Rudy? You want to show you can hit a three pointer? Tomorrow night is your Now's time your to chance. do it. Yeah. Well, and, and Ben Anderson tweeted earlier today that he hit a half court shot in his first time up at practice. Today. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I, I tweeted out a while back: if you don't want to see Rudy Gobert block Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Now, he ended up on Giannis's team. Yes. But if you don't want to see him block the shot, grab the ball, and try and go coast to coast, I can't help you. Yeah. I don't know what, like, like seeing a seven foot one, seven foot two guy try and handle and get down the court, like, he's absolutely going to try and do it We've seen him do it a couple point. times yes. in games. Especially if we're arguing that not everyone's going 100%. I feel like Rudy Gobert's the kind of guy that's just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to try to get seven blocks in this game. Is he, yeah. he going to be the new Kobe and really just go go all out on this game? Yeah, sure, why okay. not? I, we'll see. I, it, that'll be the interesting part about it, is yeah. is because it's, it's still not quite a thing where I think he and Donovan have influence yeah. on the game themselves as players, it's still LeBron's game. It's still AD's game. It's still, uh, well, I mean, Steph and Dame, those guys aren't going to be playing. But, you know, Giannis, yeah. it, it's it's their 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 level. But I, you, you think those some of those young guys and Rudy and Donovan and Giannis mm-hmm. may have something to prove and it may up the ante a little bit. I don't know. I'm not believing that, but there's a possibility. That yeah. That's an interesting point, though, I, that I want to touch on, Jake, mm-hmm. is that with Kobe and his unfortunate passing, like yeah. this game is kind of dedicated to him, and well, I do change the format. To I honor do, him, yeah. I do wonder if, you know, I know it sounds stupid for a regular season game, but for an All Star game, maybe guys do say, "Hey, I'm going to go out there and play a little bit harder." For this guy's legacy, I think it depends on every guy. Uh, honestly, every one of these guys has to d- make the decision of what they're going to do in this game. It is going to be a game where there's going to be plenty of highlight reel dunks. That's what that's what it's going to be, and it's going to be there's going to be plenty of traveling. I can tell you that much. Yeah. In this game. Just, I don't even know. I don't know why they even have refs show up for that. They should just <laughs> all right. Call your own fouls. Call yeah. your own travels. No, honestly, they probably should. But it, it, but it's going to be fun. The, the nice part about it is we have two guys. Both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell participating in this game, which brings the local fan base, the Jazz fans, are going to be a lot more engrossed in this because of the fact that they have these two guys their first time making an All-Star game. Mm -hmm. If they start making the All-Star game on an annual basis, I can think back to when I was a youngster and uh, John Stockton and Carl Malone, and I'm actually wearing a shirt when I walked in, you saw I'm wearing the, the NBA Jam homage shirt that has them on it. I grew up in an era where... It was every year. It was uh, granted that John St- John and Carl were going to be in the NBA All Star Game, and to me, it was like, oh well, yeah, they made it. Okay, great. But I didn't. It wasn't for me. The novelty had worn off, and I was like, okay, I, whatever. They're in the All Star Game this year with both Rudy and Donovan making their first All Star Game. There's a big novelty factor to this. That I think is going to have increased interest, at least for the locals here in Utah. For and sure. and there's another storyline with that, uh-huh. because in 2023, the All-Star Game comes to Salt Lake City again. Yes. And if you were a kid that grew up here in the 90s when the All-Star Game was here, 
it was incredible. They had all the mm-hmm. cool uh, the uh, the jam session stuff over at the Salt Palace. Yes. It, like even that logo, just seeing it brings back so much nostalgia. I love the logo that they created for it. I hope they kind of go a little retro with that too. Um, and, and you know, as Salt Lake tries to establish itself as a sports market. Um, continually this is going to be a big part of it and and the olympics down the road and everything else i think people want to showcase the city and if you get the entire nba here for 2023 and rudy and donovan can continue the play that they're sustaining now and keep making all-star games it makes that game even bigger both for the jazz the economy and also for the nba yeah we're at this weird point where it's it lebron's not quite on his down Downslide, oh, yeah, he's still playing at a high level. Yeah, for and, sure. and you almost start to wonder if it's ever going to happen for him. I mean, like <laughs> logic tells you, like sometime he's going to drop off, but you watch him every night. But we're kind of at that point where it's about to change over, where some of these younger guys are going to take over and become the stars and the studs of the NBA. You Correct. Know? And so by that point in time, it could be Rudy and Donovan's world. Yeah, I mean, we will see. But the, the nice part is, is both of these guys made the All Star game. I remember last year, all of the conversation was that Rudy Gobert had been snubbed last year. It's nice to see both of these guys being rewarded for their strong play. And the Jazz as a whole have been rewarded for that strong play they've had this year. This is their best record by in terms of wins ahead of an All-Star game in franchise history. And that's just crazy to think about considering some of the runs they've had. The two finals runs in the 90s, etc. So it's an exciting time. Um, I want to get to it, so let's get to it. Eric, if you got the highlights from the Miami game, let's get to that and we'll talk a little more about the Utah Jazz and where they stand right now leading into the All-Star weekend. Eagles driving on Robinson, caught in the air, throws it back to Bogdanovich. Boyan brings out a bayou with it, now retreats back out, lines him up with his red shoes and his city uniform, he beats him to the rack, layup, good. Boyan on the previous drive went with his left hand, this time he went with his right. Second turnover of the night, quick outlet to Bogdanovich, Crowder closes, Bogdanovich runs by him, kicks to Clarkson, Clarkson will attack, and now puts up his little floater and in. Jordan Clarkson's got the meter running, and it's 21-8. Lobbed to the basket by Ingles. Caught by O'Neal, but nowhere to go. Gives it off to Gobert. Four-foot layup, no good. Offensive rebound, O'Neal. Back to Donovan Swift. Timeout, Eric Spolstra. Donovan drives to the rack. Floats it over out of Bayou, up and in. Wow, what a shot. Donovan came left to right with a low scoop while going away from the basket. 65-63, here's Donovan. Hard drive to the rack, high arcing layup, good. We're tied at 65. The all-star Donovan Mitchell is 16. 70-69, Boyan at the top. He hurt his right wrist earlier tonight again. Left side, Clarkson, three ball, good. The crowd rises before the ball goes through the net because Jordan Clarkson has just been so on fire. 14 for Clarkson, two of four from three tonight. Quick cut by Butler, nicely defended by Clarkson. Misses on the reverse side. Jazz on the run, right to left in the city uniform. Clarkson with a left-hand dribble, rise, fire, three, pow! Oh my, Jordan Clarkson, fly, fly away, Jordan! You're on fire! 11-point lead for the Jazz, the largest of the night. 106-99, three minutes to play, Jazz by seven. Bogdanovich players to the corner. Catch and shoot three. Good. And flexing going back the other way. Jazz back up by 10. Their 13th three of the night. Bogey's got 19. 
There you go, the highlights from the Utah Jazz. They made it four straight wins leading into NBA All-Star Weekend after a five-game losing streak. And the conversation that Adrian and I had a week ago, Brian, versus the conversation we're having right now are two complete opposites, it feels like. Yeah, who would have thought that the Jazz would have the longest winning streak in the NBA one week after you, after it was just Jazz pressure at its finest, you mm-hmm. know, five five in a row that they dropped, right? Correct, yeah. And and it felt, you know, that, that Houston game felt like, I, I have a theory that teams have to have a bonding moment or, or a, a moment of overcoming adversity, okay. either on the field, the player, or the court, to where they can really bond and gel. And it kind of felt like that moment started against Portland where they were struggling and it yeah. looked like Donovan and some of those guys were just fighting so so hard to get over the over the hump and granted it took a little help from the officials and you take that when it happens and you just move along and then bogey hitting that three against houston feel, felt like it was that stabilizing thing like okay this is it now we're off and rolling and sure enough that's that's what they've done yeah, Adrian and I last week, this was the right after the Portland game had gone down. Of course, that the non-call on the goaltending obviously marred that ending of that game. But they won the game, and Adrian and I had the conversation we had last Saturday was, okay, the Jazz can legitimize themselves by going out and winning maybe two or three or however many games until the All-Star break here. And credit to them, they won all three of them. And you're right, the Houston game, that three from Bogey, I think that really did in many, in many respects. Think the team's like, okay, yeah, we still got this. We've still got some of that mojo. This is still a young team for the most part and a team that really hasn't had to deal with expectations like they did in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And, and you're incorporating that with new arrivals and Mike Conley and, and, and Boyan. And, you know, guys who are trying to develop, like George Niang, uh, Royce O'Neal, you know, who just got his ex- extension. Mm-hmm. You're incorporating some new players. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier, you know, we saw the cutting ties with Jeff Green has already happened. And it's almost like a distant memory that he was even with the team at this yeah. point. Um, and, and so you see all these collective things happening at once. And, and part of me wonders if, if it just wasn't so much for everybody to kind of get a hold of with so much change. Um, and part of me almost wonders if that's not, really good for Quinn Snyder you know what I mean yeah, I get it yeah. he's such a smart guy and mm-hmm. he's always thinking about so many different things and if you give him a lot to think through it can really help him kind of generate more either ideas or concepts or whatever he's doing but I think you know the big thing that's really started happening is is they've reintegrated Mike Conley mm-hmm. he started to play well yeah. and contribute Jordan Clarkson has been incredible both offensively and defensively. That's the part where I've really been impressed by him is he's bought in on the defensive side, and they've started to play better on the perimeter, and I think that was the biggest thing in that losing streak was the perimeter defense just wasn't quite there. Yeah, and they, they've battled back, and that's the, that's the big part about it. So, of course, they go into the break here. They they beat the Trailblazers, beat the Rockets. They go to Dallas, beat the Mavericks in a very hard-fought game, and then they come home, and that Miami Heat game that we just heard the highlights from – I felt like that, in my opinion, just said everything about the Jazz. They had Miami's been a very good team. They're almost a mirror image of what Utah had been. They had the equal same record coming into this game. And the Jazz, every time Miami tried to make a run in that game, the Jazz just shut them down. And then late in the game, the Jazz just ran away and never let Miami have any hope. And that, in my mind, the Miami game really said to me, okay, this team is starting to believe again. They really are because they they made sure they closed out that game in fine fashion. There's been other games; these other three games have all been relatively close, where the other team has made runs late in the game. You make you make you think, okay, a little scary here for the Jazz. Miami game, there was none of that. 
Yeah, and, and they fought off two, uh, two runs by Dallas in the game before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it fought off a comeback attempt by Houston. I mean, it took down literally down to the last second. But I think what you were saying is that their confidence level jumped up massively after those games. It was games before when the team started to come back against mm-hmm. the Jazz, you could see them start to grip and worry and, and kind of start to fall apart. And against Miami, it, there was a point where they were still down four points, and it just felt like the game was already over in the Jazz's favor in the third quarter. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a good Miami team. Duncan Robinson has been terrific from three-point. Uh, Jimmy Butler, obviously. Uh, you know, Jay, it was interesting to see Jay Crowder back yeah. in a Miami uniform and all that kind of stuff. But if you compare this game to when they played Miami back at the first start of the season, this is a very different Jazz team. Yeah, it was. And, and that's a good thing, too, because – they need to start getting on on that same page and integrating and and this time off will do well you know jingles it, it feels like it's struggled a lot and he was looking forward to the break i think yeah and so you get them back get them all back on the same page and you can kind of start where you uh start where you ended and hopefully continue that streak yeah and that's the nice part is the jazz currently as it stands they are in fourth place in the west they're a half game behind the LA Clippers for third, and they're just a game and a half out of second spot with the Denver Nuggets. Of course, Denver and the Lakers um, had a pretty good game right before the break where we went to overtime, and the Lakers won. That put them up four games ahead of Denver in the one spot. Had uh, Denver won that game, that makes the conversation a lot different because that brings LA back to the pack a little bit here. The fact that they have a four-game lead I think that the Lakers are going to be the number one seed. That's just my perception. There's still 28 games to go for the Jazz here in the regular season once they get back into action late next week. But I feel like as it stands right now, the Jazz are going to be a top four team in the West. Now it's a matter of, okay, are the LA Clippers going to continue on with this load management spiel they've been going on with Kawhi Leonard? Are they content sitting maybe in that 4-5 series versus being in a 2 or 3? And what is Denver going to do here? David Locke yesterday with DJ and PK talked about the fact that every team comes out of the All-Star break and goes on like a dead sprint. And he says about two weeks before the end of the regular season, all these teams realize, holy smokes, that finish line's a lot further out than we thought it was. Because they come out thinking, that we're going to go gangbusters here and we're going to go. It's going to be 10, 15 games and we're going after it. And a lot of teams do that. They have a lot of wins. But all of a sudden, they hit almost a wall, it feels like. And he says about the, with about two weeks to go in the season, that's where you see some of these teams. You really learn, okay, which of these teams that sprint caught up with them versus the teams that maybe pace themselves a little bit better and have a little more left in the tank as they get ready for the playoffs. It's almost like a high school basketball tryout in that respect because you've got a lot of kids who are out there who are trying to prove themselves, and I think Denver might be one of those teams where they're still kind of youthful, and they're also trying to integrate all the moves that they made at the trade deadline back into the team. You kind of wonder if maybe they hadn't made that trade if they wouldn't have gotten that game against the Lakers. Mm -hmm. It took the OT for for L.A. to get them. But like you said, it's this this almost dead sprint, and, and it'll be interesting to see kind of the gamesmanship with all that. And like you said, the jostling with the standings, I thought last year was super interesting mm-hmm. how basically Houston and Denver decided that they were willing to lose games to get to a certain matchup. And, and you're just going to see so much fluctuation between now and, and the end of the season. But, you know, you look at where the Jazz come back mm-hmm. from the break, and it's... San Antonio, Houston, Phoenix, Boston, Washington. There's some chance to make up some ground early on with San Antonio and Houston and and maybe kind of give yourself a little bit of a cushion. So if you do hit that stretch where you kind of run out of gas, you can afford to do that a little bit. But that's the other part about it, too, is is the way the schedules will shake down. Like, I mean, 
that Lakers' last five games are Bulls, Warriors, Timberwolves, Kings, and Suns. That's five wins. Yeah. Like, if they want them. That's yeah. <laughs> so it's like, man, like how, how easy is that for you to be set up? And then if you look at the Jazz last five, it's Denver, Clippers, Suns, Thunder, yeah. Nuggets. And it is there's, there's the, of course, that schedule. You always look at it and say, okay, where can you pick up wins here? My confidence level in the Jazz right now, especially after watching that Miami game, I'm very bullish on them right now because I just felt like that Miami game, they'd come through in the previous three games and had held off everything that had come at them. They'd been the beneficiary of a bad call. There's no doubt about that in the Portland game. But I felt like the Miami game showed me that this team that won 18 of 20 games at one point, that team's still there, and they can do it against the best competition because the teams that they've played in the last four games, speaking of the Jazz coming into this, the four wins, Trailblazers, no slouch with Damian Lillard doing what he's doing. Mavericks, obviously a playoff contender. You have the Miami Heat. They're going to be an Eastern Conference wild card. and then, Maybe even a contender now yeah, with, with would, the addition of Iguodala. You'll have to wait be. and see with that. Yeah. But, I mean, he's had half a season off. How nice for him. <laughs> he's been hanging out, really. And then yeah. the Rockets, obviously. The, the Rockets have all been all in on this small ball lineup and they're going to be a fascinating conversation to see what they do down the street. What do you run. think is going to happen with that? See, I, the thing is I think it's actually un, I think it's actually locked in um it's uh, unlocked what Russell Westbrook can do because Capello right. yeah. Capello was limiting them. Honestly, yeah. he was. But you have a 35-year-old um uh, who who's the center for them all of a sudden? Um, Tyson Chandler. No, not Chandler. Oh, um, uh oh, now, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker. Thank you, Eric. P.J. Tucker's 35 years old. Is, is he, he really? Is he gonna, 34, 35. Wow. He's up there in age. How long is he going to hold up as a starting five in this league against some of the bigger guys? It will be a fascinating conversation. Eric, you had a point you wanted to make? Yeah, I I do. Obviously, that's a huge shot Boyan makes, and it's a season-changing shot for the Jazz. But watching that game, there were points where you just felt like the Jazz were not built to, yeah. to okay. keep up with them especially throughout that first half now eventually they figured it out they kind of slowed the pace down and I think that is going to be the key to beating the Houston Rockets is to not allow them to get out on the fast break and score easy points and kick it out which is what they are specializing in doing right now Uh, but I just feel like the Rockets are the team that if the Jazz play them in the first round of the playoffs still scares me the most as someone who has watched the Jazz for the last few years. Yeah, no, if I'm a Jazz fan, the last team I want to see in the playoffs this year is the Rockets. I, I don't think that's that's even in question. And there, it's for all the reasons that you've said. There's some PTSD there for a lot of Jazz yeah. fans. Yeah. I mean, you're fighting against math with, the, with yeah. what the Rockets want to do. And I'd like to point out, in that game, James Harden was terrible from three points. If the bucket opened up for James Harden, he would have hit two or three more three-pointers. That game's a blowout. But that's a continuation of what the Jazz kind of found with him in the playoffs, too, because he was pretty awful in those last couple games in in last year's series. Now, the problem was that the Jazz couldn't hit the broadside of the barn with anything that they were putting up. Mm -hmm. And and that's I I think that's the big thing is how do you weather the storm against the Rockets in in a seven-game series? Um but it was such a fascinating thing because you had moments of Rudy Gobert guarding Russell Westbrook, and and I don't I don't want to go too much on just the Rockets because there are so many matchups in the playoffs that if you look at for the Jazz, like okay, is Denver really a good matchup for them? It, it doesn't seem like it's been so good for them so far. So I mean, you'll find out more obviously in those last two games at the end of the year, yeah. but it's just 
what the Jazz really need to do when they come back from the All Star game is is they need to make sure that they continue to get that perimeter defense locked down. I thought the addition of Jawan Morgan to the lineup here and there was it wasn't gangbusters, but there was enough there for me to think, okay, he's got a place. It's it's a counter to what Houston is doing in particular. Yep. That small ball lineup. They think that okay, Jawan can be that guy who can be the flexible guy that can be on that smaller five and be able to play inside out. Yeah, and 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 he's he's kind of the stopgap for now because I don't think you really have anybody else on the roster yet. And I, I know fans are big on Jarrell Brantley. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough to produce the Stars game, so I've watched him play a lot. Yes, and his game is is very very good, but he's not there yet from a body perspective. And there's still just moments where he doesn't quite fit in. And so I think if you can get by with you know, five to eight minutes a night of, of Jawan Morgan just, just spells to make sure that you keep those guys fresh. Correct. And like you said, counter, like we were talking earlier, Eric and I, about matchups in football. I think the same thing is true in basketball. If you can get Jawan Morgan five or eight minutes against P.J. Tucker to kind of wear him down and beat him up, and yeah. then when Rudy, Be- Rudy Gobert comes back in, it's even tougher because now he's having to work up against a different player. And so if you can continually throw those matchups against him, you know, I think that's where you wear him down. And you know, the other thing, too, is Bob Covington hit some big big shots at the end of the game there for them that I don't know that he's always going to hit those. Yeah, so it's a, it'll be interesting to see how the Jazz obviously respond coming out of the All-Star break. We'll talk a little bit more about the All-Star game, obviously. Like I said, we're going to have Tony Parks on at the top of the 2 o'clock hour live from Chicago and NBA All-Star weekend to talk about what he's seen out there with Jazz players and just the NBA stars in general there. The, it feels like... All of the NBA converges on whichever city the NBA All-Star game is in. It's Every show's up, so it should be a lot of fun. We'll get to all of that. That's all coming up next right here on the Saturday Show on the Zone Sports Network. Details. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jake Hatch, joined by Brian Brown as my co-host this week. Adrian is off for NBA All-Star Weekend, getting some well-deserved R&R because he works a lot during that guy the NBA grinds. season. So, absolutely. Okay, I just put up a poll question. If you guys want to weigh in on this, feel free to tweet back at me, at Jacob C. Hatch. I said, with two Utah Jazz uh, excuse me, with two Utah Jazz players taking part in the NBA All-Star game this weekend, are you more inclined to watch the game? And I've got a poll up there. Yes, no, I'll catch highlights, or meh, still not interested. So feel free to weigh in on that. Brian, where can they find you on Twitter? At BrownBearSLC. And Eric, it's at Eric18Utah, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, sweet. So you guys are tagged in that tweet, so feel free to weigh in with your guys' thoughts on this. All-Star Games, as I mentioned in the open of today's show, to me, traditionally, I've never been one that really enjoys watching All-Star Games because I'm the type of person that the competition in sports is what makes me want to watch the sport more. I, I, the, the thrill of competition, winners, losers. And when you have All-Star Games, it's not set up for that. It's to highlight the best players in the game. And so for me, it's never had a huge draw. But this year in particular, with both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell playing in their first All-Star Games, I have a lot more interest in this game in particular. I think you made the point is that there's something on the line for you now. It's it's seeing two players in the market that you cover and, and, and that you're interested in that are involved in the game. And I think for the players, that's the part that's really missing is it's 
it doesn't really do a whole lot for them. And and, and what the NBA is trying to do now mm-hmm. is is make rule changes and things like that to where it is a little bit more you know involving. Yeah. So it's like um, they're not going to roll the points over from quarter to quarter. You're just going to the scores after the first three quarters will reset, and the winner of each quarter will receive a hundred grand donated to a charity of their choice. Correct. I actually think it'd be better if the players had to put up their own money from quarter to quarter. <laughs> like if we're going to start embracing gambling, let's go full blown into it with this game and, and and see how you know how exciting we can really get with these kinds of things. Like, can you imagine if? LeBron had to put down 100k against Giannis for like the first quarter. Now that would be interesting. Yes. Where they they actually have money riding on the result. That would change the game for That's sure. But the problem is you never get these guys to agree to do that. No, and, and and there's there's so many things with logistics and things like that, you know, where you just can't do yeah. it. I think part of the the putting the draft on live TV was kind of fun. Yes. Because now you got to see them make their decisions and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And so so the more of that kind of stuff that you can do where you kind of either create some conflict or, or something to get them invested. I think that'll what that's what will really help the game. Um, I just that of all the All Star games, I think the worst is by far the Pro Bowl. Um, I think the All Star game for the NBA is probably second. Okay, and then it's probably baseball and hockey for the top two, in, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, MLS no. does an interesting thing where they you know do an All Star team, but it's versus like Man U or. One of the big EPL teams, but even still, it's. I think at some point MLS is going to switch over to what we currently have and yeah, have two teams. They have to. As a religious hockey fan, I'm going to push back on that. The NHL All Star Game has gotten terrible. Is terrible. Is it the same problem that the NBA has? It, well, it is terrible hurt? because the point of. I think what makes hockey an exciting sport to watch is the contact and the speed. Okay. And the fact of the matter is, these guys who go out there and skate NHL All Star Weekend. They don't hit anyone, and they don't go 100%. So, the rigor- sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll back off, but I do want to point out the, that the, the NHL is, I would say, gotcha. the worst the, All-Star the, game. The rigors of the game, I get what you're saying, that have been taken out of it. So let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the All-Star game this year for the NBA, because it is a different format this year. I don't know how many people have you ever heard the name of the Elam ending. <laughs> it's an interesting format of how, how to determine a final for a basketball game without actually the clock running out. It's, it's kind of what it is. If you've watched the basketball Basketball tournament that plays during the summer. Jimmer Fredette's had a team the last couple of years. Actually, we're here in Utah this past summer participating in the Maverick Center. What it is, is in the final uh, stanza of a game, the final quarter normally, the Elam ending specifies a target score, and you have to get to that, and the game is automatically over once you hit that target score. The NBA has steered into this this year, and they're combining it with that and also honoring the life and legacy of the departed Kobe Bryant in this. So, as you mentioned... The first three quarters of this game will be 12-minute quarters, but the scores will not roll over to the next quarter. The, right. It resets at zero for the first three quarters. It will be weird, when, obviously, when you're tuning in. If you're tuning into the third quarter, all of a sudden it's zero, zero. Like, what is going on here? Understand that there Rudy were... Rudy Gobert. Yeah, there were... <laughs> yeah, there you go. There are two... He's blocking everybody's <laughs> that shots. That would be great, actually. That would be awesome. <laughs> but there are going to be two different... Um, there's going to be three different scores for each of these quarters. And at the end of the third quarter, they're going to take the cumulative scores for both teams, total them up, and then the, whichever team is in the lead at that point, they add 24 points onto it, obviously honoring Kobe Bryant. And once whichever team gets to that target score, it's game over. I am fascinated to see how this plays out this year. So you and, how, and I both watched it in action with the, with the the basketball yeah, tournament, Elam and it ending, really yeah. is. 
I don't know if I'm fully bought into it, but it is a very intriguing alternative. It it can be very climactic or anticlimactic yes. because a lot of times the game can be won at the free throw line. Correct, it can. And yes. that's that's where it can kind of be a little bit of a bummer as you're just sitting there and the guy swishes it and you're like, well, that was a dud. Yeah. But I, I think what it's interesting is, is that it kind of gives us that – these guys are going to be competitive at this. Yes. I, I don't think that's in question at all. Like, like they do want to win to some degree, mm-hmm. but is this ending going to force some confusion and maybe a little bit of contention because of that? Oh, I can guarantee there are going to be a lot of fans out there who oh, are going yeah. to argue. Yeah. Like, what is going on with this? Why am I not? You're going to be. They're not going to understand the format. Yeah. Well, and that's the point of the All Star Game is you want the casual fan to turn in and watch your guys play, right? Correct. It's, it's not the 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 diehards like. Like you and I that are tuning in every night on League Pass, and like I know I'm not a basketball guy per yeah. se. I watch a lot of basketball though, and I like basketball a lot. And mm-hmm. you know, like, like I'm going to watch this because I want to see what happens with these NBA players when they have to react to these rule changes and things like that. And that's especially in this league where there's already kind of some contention with players and, and officials and, and officiating Correct. in general. And I think that Portland game was a real highlight for a lot of people. That entire game was terribly officiated, not mm-hmm. just the one call that they missed. Um, and, and you've seen re- officials retiring and, and new guys yeah. coming up, and it's just it's kind of this big jumbled mess. I wonder if that adds a little bit of conflict and maybe carries over into some things, or okay. it goes really, really well, and everybody's like, "Why don't we do that for every game?" Yeah, it will be interesting. There will be a case study made off of what happens in this game. I'm fascinated to see how it's accepted by NBA fans at large because. This is a worldwide event. There are going to be fans all over the world tuning in. They're not going to necessarily understand what is going on unless it's explained multiple times throughout this contest, I feel like. But it will, I think, have a lot of people sitting there saying, okay, what is ultimately going to play out here? Are these players going to steer into this and be like, hey, I like this format? Or are they just going to kind of meander around in the first three quarters, take those scores, and then the final thing is like, okay, 24 points, let's go get the 24 points and it's over. I do wonder how the players will will kind of buy into this. If they will, I guess is the question. As These well. guys are creatures of habit, and they so are. I think something like that can be either a major disruption for good, or it mm-hmm. can be possibly really negative. It, it it'll just be fascinating to watch that aspect of it. So I mean, if you're the person who doesn't really want to tune in to watch the whole thing, maybe tune in for that fourth quarter and see how everything goes down. And it's yeah. cool that they did. 24 points to honor Kobe Bryant. Yeah, obviously. Uh, with his death earlier this season, obviously, they had to do something. I think this is a cool way to do it. Yep. There will be a lot of tributes paid to him, I'm sure, during this game. Guys throwing down dunks and kind of signature the 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 follow-away jumper. I'm sure you see multiple guys attempt that in this game because I think there's going to be a heavy focus on the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant. In this oh, game. yeah, and you're going to see lots of guys with painted sneakers and all yeah. that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. How many Kobe faces do you think you see on sneakers this oh, weekend? Oh, there'll be plenty. At Absolutely. least 24. There'll be, there'll be a <laughs> lot of jerseys and a lot of there'll be just a lot of people in the crowd, period, wearing Kobe jerseys. Give nice. me some odds on that one, EJ. <laughs> Number- I, I, I would say, like... I don't know how to set odds, but I would say like a hundred percent. Okay, <laughs> so one to one. Yes, you will what? see a Kobe one face one. somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. You will see a Kobe face. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, it will be interesting, and I, I do. I do look forward to seeing what's going to play out tomorrow because. I'm with you, Brian. I think, yeah, these guys are creatures of habit, and now you have turned the basketball world, their basketball world up on its head a little bit and said, okay, this is how you're going to play this game. I wonder how many guys will be like, okay, I don't like this, whatever, or other guys will be like, this is pretty cool, let's go with it. Yeah, and I think you'll see 
The other thing, too, is that I wonder if you'll see a little bit more open-mindedness from the international players because they are used to different rules already Yeah, they could. versus the American guys. That could. And what if this takes off and it's like a way to maybe next year they say, hey, we want to honor a legend of a game that maybe is still with us. Why don't we play yeah. their jersey? 33 so. points next year for Larry Bird or something like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. Why don't you just go for idea. Jay Crowder and just go 99 and really make it fun? <laughs> yeah. No, not Greg Ostertag? <laughs> NBA legend <laughs> Jay zero. Crowder. The double zero for Greg Ostertag. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take a timeout here. We'll come back with technical fouls, obviously kind of highlighting people who've done dumb things this week in the world of sports and even beyond if we can find it. So we'll have all of that. Top of the 2 o'clock hour, reminder for you guys, Tony Parks, host of the Tony and Austin Show, a guy you see at jazz games doing a lot of different things. He is in Chicago for NBA All-Star Weekend. He will join us live from Chi-Town to talk what's going on with the weekend, what he's seen from jazz players and just beyond when it comes to the NBA world, collecting there in the Windy City. So that's all coming up. right? So Techno Fouls next, Tony Parks at the top of the 2 o'clock hour. This is the Saturday Show right here on the Zone Sports Network. Let's go live! We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. The weekend! You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show. Of course, it is a staple here on the show to do technical fouls where we essentially put people on blast for doing stupid things in sports. Uh, Brian, we want to go ahead and kick us off today. Yeah, I'm going to start off with a technical foul on a uh, son of a basketball legend, Sharif O'Neal, announced this week that he's transferring to LSU. Yep. From UCLA. Yeah, from UCLA. And I support him transferring, but the technical foul is for him going anywhere but LSU in the first place. Yeah. Shaq is a legend. Yeah. Legend at LSU. Yeah. Like, why would you even think? Like, I kind of understand wanting to define your own legacy, but, like, he was never that big of a national recruit. Mm -hmm. And if LSU was the option from the beginning, he should have just gone there. Yeah. And absolutely. So, Shaq, what he did in an LSU uniform kind of gets overshadowed by his dominant, dominant career in the NBA, but he was legendary. I remember him going for a triple double that included blocks as one of the double double as one of the triple double stats against BYU in the NCAA tournament. I was a youngster. I remember, but he was dominant, and I, I'm with you. I think that Sharif, if you had an opportunity to go, I I, I, I can kind of understand your thinking originally. I'm going to go f- build my own legacy somewhere, but man. When your dad's an institution like he is down there with the Tigers, I would have just gone there from the get-go. That's the thing, I think, with a lot of these these athletes and athlete kids who they don't really have that person in their life yet yeah. to, to tell them, like, hey, that's a bad <laughs> idea. Yeah. So if anybody out there wants to hire me to do that, yeah. I'm offering my services okay. right now. All right. We can discuss rates off air. Okay, sounds good. All right, Eric, you had one? Yeah, this one is goes to uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston. Okay, who got? I saw this one. Who got LASIK earlier this week? And it's it's not the fact that he got LASIK. Like that's fine. Do yeah. do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Help your eyesight. If yeah. I could get LASIK, my eyesight is so bad that I it it will never work on me. But. 
come on, man. Like, you're an NFL starting quarterback. Like, you didn't think about doing this, like, four years ago when you went into the NFL draft? What if he comes back and suddenly he's, like, the best quarterback in the league because he just couldn't see the linebacker that he throws the pick to every week? He's going to make a lot of money if that's the case. Let's put it that way. So, Like, why? Like... And it sounds and Bruce Aaron's quotes on this were so funny. He was like, "Yeah, I don't know why I didn't do this before the draft." And <laughs> I I don't know. That that whole situation is so messed up at this point, but I kind of love it. Like the fact that an NFL quarterback was like, "Oh yeah, I don't think my eyesight's that important." Like the fact that I cannot tell the linebacker apart from my crossing tight end, that's probably not going to be a problem for me. Yeah, so he, he had this LASIK for nearsightedness. So it's just, it is a fascinating story overall because he, he has the first 30-30 season, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions season in some time. if, if Ever. Is, is, is ever. It ever. Was it ever? He okay. opened the 30-30 okay. club. Right. Right. Love you, Jameis. But yes, that was... I was going to ask, does LASIK fix stupid? Because oh, maybe I'd need to do that too. <laughs> Well, uh, maybe he just couldn't see the linebacker, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. He couldn't see the linebacker. All right, I got a technical <laughs> foul here, and this is an interesting one. So, okay, obviously we all know about the Houston Astros situation and their non-apology apologies. Uh, that's what I'm calling them. They've just, just continued just to dig that hole. They just keep digging, and it doesn't stop. But Buffalo Wild Wings had an epic epic tweet because earlier this week also Manchester City one of the super clubs in the English Premier League in soccer was banned from Champions League play for two seasons by their governing authority also fined 30 million euros and Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday tagged that tweet like did a a quote tweet and said that's how you punish a team that cheats (laughs) and predictably Houston Astros fans and Houston sports fans in general had a lot to say about that. So. For for our non-soccer fans mm-hmm. that might not know, what what exactly did Man City do to get banned? From so they the broke financial play? fair play rules. Where you they in soccer they're trying to make it so these super clubs that have infinite wealth can't they can they have to be compete with these other teams that may not have as much money as them, and they broke those rules and they got they got punished for it. They got caught, and there obviously there's going to be appeals for that, but. Buffalo Wild Wings laying it down because there are people like tweeting back at them. And you just lost business in the fourth largest city in the U.S. and surrounding areas. That's how you punish social media accounts that pop off, crying laughing emoji. Yeah, or people like posting pictures of them cutting out their Buffalo Wild um, Wings gift cards. Like, hey, cut up free money. That's really smart. One guy, you're punishing us with your bad food. Hey, <laughs> so listen. That, he, he might. To anyone in the greater Houston area. Uh-huh. Hit me up on Twitter, at Eric18Utah. If you need to get rid of your Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards, if you no longer want to support that institution, you send them my way. And, okay. I, and I will make sure that those those cards get disposed of properly. Hey, it, so I, I get what Houston, the Houston Astros obviously are under it, and they just continue to, uh, to hurt themselves. But it was hilarious to see Buffalo Wild Wings. This is a national chain. They've got sports bars up and down the all over the United States, and they to do that. It's a pretty bold move, I have to say. Yeah, I don't think they have anything to worry about. No, I think they'll be just fine. <laughs> all right, I got one final one real quick here, guys. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this earlier this week. So Matthew Stafford, a big lightning rod in Detroit right now in the NFL. Rumors abound about their interest in potentially trading him, trying to get something back for Which, him. Which, by the way, those were called out as like substantially probably fake. Okay, but the funny thing about all this is Matthew Stafford's wife has been 
steering right into it and saying, wow, it'd be like she, every time a new one comes out, she like tags and is like, hey, what about this? It, it, so it makes you think, okay, what is going on here? They they honestly have a perfect situation if they ever wanted to move on from Matthew Stafford. Like now is the time. They have a number three overall pick. They could move. It would be a huge cap hit. That mm-hmm. would be the number okay. one thing. It would be a $32 million cap hit. But if they ever wanted to get rid of Matthew Stafford, they could potentially trade him to someone for even like the second or first overall pick. And then you have two picks in the top three. Or you think that there's probably going to be a quarterback available there at three. So you could technically move on from Matthew Stafford this offseason. But I doubt that happens just because of the cap. So the funny thing about this is is Kelly Stafford, his wife, she's been on Instagram putting – like she takes a screenshot of the story and she – captions it well if Detroit is done with us dot 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 and another one later um about him potentially being traded to the Los Angeles Chargers I could stay in Cali like so that actually wouldn't be a bad landing spot for him I just I just find it funny that um Matthew Stafford making all kinds of money with the with Detroit with the Lions and his wife over here steering petitioning for new spots let's let's go somewhere else so Mm -hmm. it's yeah so Miami sounds nice we'll see how that shakes out all right Uh, on the other side we're going to catch up with Tony Parks host of the Tony and Austin show he is out in Chicago for NBA All Star Weekend he is covering it for the station we're going to talk with him next what he's observed so far and what he expects to see from the two Utah Jazz stars speaking of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert participating in NBA All Star NBA All Star game tomorrow night. So we'll get to all of that next right here on the Saturday show.